That's not nearly the most explosive thing that Verdine said. We heard that in focus groups done before that someone held a picture up of Dan Kelly and, you know, one guy blurted in the middle of the focus group that, you know, this guy looks like a horse. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 612 on this Wednesday morning. So they signed the thing in Madison for the casino. And now we wait. Right. That's basically it. So, yeah, they made the official um, pen to paper yesterday. Intergovernmental in yeah. relationships Correct. codified now. Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin and Kenosha County signing that agreement on Tuesday. So now it still needs approval from the feds, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And then ultimately a decision by Governor Evers. Now, the uh, chair of the Menominee Kenosha Gaming Authority, his name is uh, Joey Awanapope, uh, Awanapope. He was on Wisconsin's Afternoon News, and he believes that the governor will give the okay. The governor has made various trips up to the reservation as governor and even during his time as superintendent of public instruction. So he knows firsthand the personal struggle we have on the Menominee Reservation. He's witnessed some of the poverty that our people live with. He's witnessed our poor housing conditions. So that's good news, but the governor's office not talking right now. The governor is not interested. So in he wasn't there? He didn't come yeah. on down for the <laughs> ceremony or How anything? about that? No, he didn't come down and make How about that, folks? But there were some people there. Uh, obviously, Kenosha County Executive was there. Uh, your guy, the mayor, Kenosha. Why is he my guy? <laughs> well, so he's been there a Abrahamian. long time been in office yeah. for 207 years. Here's a moment that you'll appreciate from the news conference yesterday when they um, gave him some kudos and oh, then okay. it was his turn. You'll appreciate this. We do not have mayors on the Menominee Reservation, but I would venture to say that Mayor Antaramian is the favorite mayor of the Menominee people now. <laughs> That's nice. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. All right. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, you want me to talk? <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, I'm here. Yeah, yes. Perfect. Well, it's a pleasure to be here too. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. Oh, <laughs> my turn now? Yeah. Yes, sir. So anyway, it's official. It's official. It's now on to the feds. We'll see how long it takes, but they are confident that this is going to move forward. We got sports with Bob Brainerd. That's coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. No Dame last night, no Brooke Lopez, and no Dub either in Phoenix as the Bucks stumble against the Suns, 114-106. Oh, and Chris Middleton left the arena in a walking boot after stepping on Kevin Durant's big foot. What's up, Doc? I guarantee you when they looked at that before the year started, they were like, this this is going to be a brutal game for us. Uh, end of a trip, legs, you can just see it. We've got a lot of injuries. Right now, so guys are playing more extended minutes. I think that's probably, and you know what? They're playing harder on defense. Yeah, that's about it. The Bucks are back home on Thursday to host the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you're the Wisconsin, are they getting better? Uh, they insist in the locker room. Know. You know, things are happening. We're making improvements. Yeah. And if if that's the case, then fine. It, right, right, right. Then fine. If it's baby steps, right, I can live with that. They they held Phoenix to one fourteen, but they only got one oh six. But they're pl- <laughs> right. man, it, it's just. Okay. Playoffs, we'll One and see. four, we could have done that with the other guy. <laughs> 
Just saying. Um, if you're the Wisconsin Badgers, Vince, uh, what's good for what ails you? How about a trip to Ann Arbor tonight to face last place Michigan in Big Ten play? Head coach Greg Gard, he knows that after losing two straight, the team, that mindset needs a little tweaking. You know, if you want to be at the highest level, you want to play championship basketball, you have to be on point. You know, the challenge to this group is like, hey, now – we know what we need to get better at, and we've taken a lot of steps, and, and we've gotten better. Let's, I want this thing to push it farther, push it more. And we all know there are people who love Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Some of them are even Grammy winners. But you know who else is a fanboy? Travis Kelsey, 49ers tight end George Kittle. You know, Travis is a guy who I watched so when I was in college. Um, when I ended up trading jerseys with him, it was one of the coolest moments ever. When he said what's up to me in 2018, my second year, and we played the Chiefs, I was kind of, you know, like, wow, this is one of the coolest days of my life. And so I'm a huge fan of Travis Kelsey. Ooh. Sup? Also, sup, Travis? Also called him old. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, there's that. Okay. Didn't mean to, but. Uh, you guys have been... Uh, Testing Tausch, right? Super Bowl trivia, are yeah. we? So it's my turn. I'm turning the table. Right. Yeah, Super Bowl trivia. Here we go. How many former Wisconsin Badgers are on this year's Super Bowl roster? Between the Niners and the Chiefs, how many former Bucky guys? What would you say? You don't have to name them. You can name them for bonus points, but. Eight. Vinny? You're going to go half a dozen? Two. Two. All right. Two. Troy Fumagalli, tight okay, end, backup tight end for the Niners, and Leo Chanel, Chiefs linebacker. And nobody on either of those great O-lines? Nope. Right? Nope. 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 That's, that's telling. Yeah. <laughs> you told them. You want to make that a Badger story and not a yeah. Super Bowl yeah. story. 618 on Wisconsin's Morning News. See, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. 622, Wisconsin's Morning News. So, Democrats or more appropriately liberals opened the playbook in an extraordinary fashion, talking about how they beat the conservative former Justice Dan Kelly in the election for state Supreme Court last spring. This Talked was, about abortion? <laughs> well, that is, yes, but there's more to it than that. Uh, first reported by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, though, it, I mean, it wasn't really a secret. J.S. was the one, I imagine somebody tipped him off to this podcast being out there. Now, Justice Janet Protosewitz, her campaign manager, Alejandro Verdeen, went on a podcast and spilled all the tea. The campaign itself, we were rooting for Kelly. In retrospect, we still would have beaten Doro in a general election because she just had so many liabilities um, as well that came out. But at the same time, we kind of saw her more of a stronger candidate. So we wanted Dan Kelly. So that's Verdine on a podcast called The Down Ballot. It's produced by the Daily Costs or Coasts. It's a liberal-focused election issues podcast. That doesn't surprise you what he said, does it? No, a lot of conservatives were saying yeah. that. And... The host of this is David Beard, and he's, again, talking with the campaign manager for now Justice Protosewitz, Alejandro Verdeen. And I, I agree with Verdeen on that. I don't know that there was anything that was going to stem the tide of people who came to the polls for one issue. That was abortion. And Protosewitz had made her position on that very clear. So regardless, but even many conservatives were saying Judge Doro's at her his zenith coming off of the prosecution mm-hmm. of Daryl yep. Brooks and how she oversaw that. And it's a woman. And so there are all sorts of reasons, and they didn't want... Uh, a Kelly rematch, but that's what they got, and that's what happened. That's not nearly the most explosive thing that Verdeen said. We heard that in focus groups done before that someone held a picture up of Dan Kelly, and you know, one guy blurted in the middle of the focus group that you know this guy looks like a horse, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 
<laughs> what? <laughs> so focus groups make sense. This is campaigns do this all the time, right? And they want to just kind of get a, a, a take the temperature of what someone yes. might think of when they see different pictures, hear different people's names, yada yada yada. As they build out their marketing yeah. <laughs> and their advertising strategy. <laughs> so this is the campaign manager for now Justice Janet Protasewicz saying that they had heard someone, and it wasn't their focus group. It was from a previous uh, when, when Kelly lost yeah. the last time. But this focus group that somebody stood up and called Dan Kelly a horse effer in the group. And they didn't just laugh about it. They used it in campaign ads. He literally hid visuals of horses in nearly every negative ad no he produced way. against Dan Kelly. You don't see it. We didn't catch <laughs> oh him. And like he did it really well. That's for Dean saying if you look closely in the negative ads that they were running against Kelly, Horse imagery sprinkled throughout, in some cases subtly. You will see hidden horses on shelves. There's like hidden horses in the backdrops of the TV ads. There's like hidden horses on tables behind like our testimonials. <laughs> is this an inside joke or is it a strategy? Well, kind of both, as it turns out. So we look back over some of those ads. Yeah. I, I found a lot of it hard to see, but it was there. In other cases, it was right in front of you. We remember this ad. Knuckles even designed a radio ad that, you know, started with the horse sound and like, there goes Dirty Dan Kelly. This guy looks like a horse. Into the sun. And <laughs> remember that? He's wow. badly trailing Judge Janet Protosawas. Old Dirty Dan, right? That ad. Wow. They did that on purpose with purpose. You heard Verdeen reference their media consultant. And I'm not kidding. The guy's name is Knuckles. <laughs> Ben Knuckles <laughs> from the Dick Tracy comics. Right? That, that one. Like if you're if you're if you're doing the movie about guy who makes dirty campaign ads, you call him Knuckles, yeah, of right? Course. Yeah, put um, Knuckles on it. He's good for that. He'll take care of it. Yeah, he'll take care of it. So that's exactly what they got. JS reached out to Kelly. Here's his quote: "This is just sick. Wisconsinites ought to be appalled by this kind of vulgarity and vileness." JS also says a source with Protosewitz campaign said the new justice was not aware of the horse imagery in the ads. Verdeen, Protosewitz, and other members of the campaign declined or did not respond to interview requests. Knuckles even designed a radio ad that, you know, started with the horse sound and like, There goes Dirty Dan Kelly. This guy looks like a horse. And <laughs> he's badly trailing Judge Janet Protosewitz. I mean, one in four on the road trip could have done that with the other guy. Bob Brainerd's in with sports coming up at 645. <laughs> Remember I told you that story about uh, the New York Times had this story about the Travis Kelsey hairdo. Right, which is not the Travis Kelsey hairdo. Yeah, he's got a fade. <laughs> which has been around, been around since ever. A yes. while, yeah. So Kelsey, of course, tied That was the, the exclusive Chiefs. haircut doled out at Geever's <laughs> in De Pere <laughs> when I was in, in college at St. Norbert. Everybody got the same cut. So this, Didn't matter what you asked for. This haircut is exploding. A lot of people are getting the fade now. And I actually, there's been even some backlash on Kelsey and uh, the New York Times for even doing the story uh, from some in the black community saying like, hey... This isn't new from Kelsey. Like, he didn't invent this. And Kelsey brought that up saying, like, yeah, they kind of, like, threw me to the wolves when he was asked about it during media day. It's absolutely ridiculous. And to do it, and to do it on February 1st, to throw me to the wolves like that, that was messed up, man. I don't want anything to do with that one, man. I, I, I got a good fade if you need it, though. It's a two on top, a nice high to mid fade with the taper in the back. But I didn't invent that. I just asked for it. I just, <laughs> I just asked for it. Hey, can you do my hair like this? Like, yeah, yeah. So don't can do. Don't blame him. He's not trying to say he, he invented this haircut. He just has a fade, and for whatever 
reason, it's super popular right now. And he wears it well. 6.38 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's Morning News. I need to ask something of everyone listening right now. I will tell a story, but I need you to promise, if you can hear me right now, I need you to promise that if you ever see me out and about with my family and stop over to say hi, you will not reference this story. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Okay? If you have any contact with my children, maybe you're somebody over at the high school in Greendale or this whatever. Is, like, This is a bad idea. If there's any, I know, but I have to unburden myself. Okay. <laughs> but if there's any possibility that you know my son Max or his twin sister Liv, like, the, you will not mention this. Do we have a deal? Everyone listening, yes, do, we, do we have a deal? This is low-hanging fruit, my friend. You have to promise so, but, okay. me. Deb, you too. You have to promise me. This, this will that. not be spoken of. Okay. I crushed a raccoon on the way to work the other day. No. Oh, you hit it driving in? Hit it driving in. There are a lot of raccoons. There's like a nature preserve near my house in Greendale. Yeah. And these things are all over the place. And I like raccoons. This poor guy, like. That's right, because you were miserable that morning. I was was upset. Was I not upset? Yeah, no, that's right. You were super upset. I was. And I felt bad for the raccoon, and I wasn't not paying attention. Like, it just, I've never seen this before. You know how animals kind of scurry out, and then they scurry back or whatever? There wasn't even time. I hit the brakes. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, whatever, by myself on 42nd Street there, and driving, just came right out. Nothing I could do. Hit the brakes, and I'm... I'm scared, like, going, ah! And then the first thing out of my mouth, and again, by myself in the car, sorry, buddy! <laughs> oh, man. Now, did you for sure hurt? Sorry, oh, buddy. Is it for sure dead? Oh, yeah. Like a double is... thumper. <laughs> <laughs> did it, it didn't shoot one. it up in the air. You didn't, is... you did, on, you, you, did you look back to see if oh, he yeah. ran off? No, he did not run off. He did not run off. I was hoping for, like, he kind of escaped under and just kind of ran off or... Scurried was going away. the other direction yeah. sometimes. No, man, I hit this. I hit this raccoon. So, was there any evidence when you went past this spot again later on? No, I looked for it, Deb. So okay. he had been cleared. The scene had been cleared. But the reason I I say you can't mention it, my son Max reveres raccoons. <laughs> he loves them. His favorite animal. <laughs> when they were in middle school, there was this coon that hung out in the in the sewage drain near uh, on the playground. Yeah. They like left they named him and left tributes for him. <laughs> oh like, my. tried to feed the raccoon no. through the sewer grates and stuff. It he wasn't loves the same raccoons. One. Who knows? It could be a different one. Right. I know but in general, like if this guy could have a pet raccoon, he would. So you can't tell him. But I needed I needed to unburden myself. So, I felt very bad about that. What, what's the uh, he he'll know by nine a? Should we assume he knows by nine? No, I'm thinking, I, yeah, because it's out there now, Vinny. I trust the he good listeners listen. of our program to keep this between us today. Can we? All right, sure. But he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I know he doesn't. <laughs> Six forty-five. Bob's got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. The Bucks have fallen, and they can't get up. A 1-4 and four road trip ends in Phoenix with a loss of the Suns last night, 114-106. No Dame, no Lopez, no Middleton for most of the game after stepping on Kevin Durant's foot. Here is glass half full post game comment from Doc Rivers. The defensive confidence is absolutely growing, and 
you know, that's a big thing for this team. They can get that confidence. Uh, that takes us to a different level. Okay, back home to face the uh, Timberwolves tomorrow. After back-to-back losses, first at Nebraska, then Purdue, the Badgers, should find the sledding smoother in Ann Arbor tonight against the basement of the Big Ten, Michigan. Head coach Greg Gard dialed in on cleaning things up. Winning at a high level is really hard, but the pain and regret is hard, too. If you don't hold them accountable, if you don't keep pushing them out of their comfort zone, these guys want to be a great team. Um, we see where we're a little short. We, we got we to gotta fill in those gaps and, and get better. And 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is anything but Mr. Irrelevant because dude is playing quarterback in the Super Bowl on Sunday. For all the ego-driven signal callers we've seen in the league and in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, Purdy is a breath of fresh air. The bottom line is, like, life isn't about you. Like, that's what I believe, you know. Um, being a part of something bigger than yourself, um, you know, you get wrapped up in getting all the glory and the fame and the status. It's I feel like that's a shallow life, and um, that, that can, you know, fade away pretty quickly. So, for me, it's the whole organization and everyone in my life. That's, that's how I view it. Nice young man. All right, Super Bowl trivia. You ready, Vinny? Yes. This one's easy. This is the first time they're playing it in Vegas, right? Okay. Yeah. Which city has hosted it the most times? Miami. There you go. Yeah. 11 times. New Orleans right behind <laughs> at number 10. Green Bay still on the wait list. 649, we got Dr. Ken Harris in the house. He joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 653 on Wisconsin's Morning News, two Milwaukee women who beat up a group of Muslim women in a Cathedral Square Park last summer, this week, each pleaded guilty to multiple charges of battery with hate crime enhancers and faced sentencing for the crimes later this month. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth, former Milwaukee police lieutenant, in studio with us this morning. Ken, we have in this case, it's two African-American women who were charged with hate crimes, a decision celebrated by Islamic leaders in the community who say the women were targeted in an unprovoked attack because they were wearing hijabs. I, I was I was just trying to count July, August, September, October, November, December, Jan- six months for something that basically they finally pled guilty and the DA's office didn't want to charge them with a hate crime. Now, I hate to say it, but I have to. Had this been a white guy or white women jumping on Muslim women, right? This probably would have been a hate crime instantaneously. Somewhere there's this block that people seem to think that racism is only white people against everybody else. But my issue is the fact that the DA's office didn't just charge it as a hate crime. It's a religious hate crime. And so I don't understand the (laughs) slothfulness. But then again, we know who our DA is. So that's probably why we just took six months to do something that we should have done day two. Do you have a position on hate crime enhancers in general? I I generally feel like I don't care who's involved. A crime is a crime is a crime. When you interject what was the intention here, don't you go down this slippery slope and then we end up in debates that we are like you shouldn't beat people up, period. But you have to include intent because that goes to uh, your frame of mind and what you are actually going to do. And so without intent, you can't actually charge a person with a crime. And so and so part of the statute, you, you have to complete everything in the statute in order to be in order to be yeah, guilty of doing it. Right. But when you say something 
you know, that white guy, Vince Vitrano, I hate him and I'm going to get him. That's a hate crime. So something has to have been said in the interaction that made them think it was a hate crime. It can't just be two people of two different races getting into a fight and now it's a hate crime. Why does it matter whether or not it's decided as that three days afterward versus six months afterward? Because now you're only doing it under pressure when you should have done it because it's your job. And that's one of the issues I have with the, with the DA's office and having people who are already there, just like the comptroller's office and the treasurer. When you have people that come through, some of the stuff that's hidden never really comes out and never gets corrected. Hey, while we're on the DA's office, can I ask you quick about this other case that oh. made news this week? The then 15-year-old, now he's 16, accused of shooting six people at the close of the Juneteenth Day celebrations in Milwaukee last summer. He has now been moved into adult court, where obviously, Ken, the charges will carry much more significant consequences. Correct. And, and again, I understand that, right? You did something egregious. I, I hope all 16-year-olds that do this, you know, get waived to adult court. If warranted, but my issue, and I think I was arguing it last week, is the fact that you charged them with possession of a firearm by adjudicated delinquent, which means you were found guilty of another crime, and now you committed this crime, and possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18. Like, isn't isn't that kind of the same thing? To be adjudicated, you have to be under 18. Then, violation of non-secure custody order. So because you were adjudicated delinquent or found guilty of a crime, that means that you couldn't commit any crime. You're like on probation, and you did. So I got that one. Disorderly conduct. So possession of a firearm is a disorderly act. Dangerous weapon by a person under 18 is a disorderly act. Why are you charging them with disorderly conduct when it's inclusive in both charges? And that's what I talk about. We need to limit the DA's office to two charges. You know, two felonies, two misdemeanors, or a felony misdemeanor, that's it. Because when you start piling it on, what you're doing is you're violating this young man's civil rights to a speedy and fair trial. You're, you're forcing them to plead. And, and that's, that's the problem. The, and that's the intention? That's the intention. Yep. That's the problem. Dr. Ken Harris, host of the Afternoon Show on 1017 The Truth. Good to see you, sir. Thank you.